What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and Makers Mark. The Saints fall to 1-1 one one on the season, losing to the Buccaneers in a very frustrating manner. We're going to talk about what went wrong, and there was a lot that went wrong for the offense. Whether or not they can actually fix this thing, because that is seven of eight quarters of bad football on the offensive side of things and how they look moving forward. All that coming up right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, guys, welcome back inside the Straight Up Saints podcast. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations for the Saints where... There's no excuse here. There's there's no excuse for them to put up yet another bad performance on the offensive side of the football, which they did. And it's reached the point where I think there are some things we should air out in, in, sort of con, uh, in terms of concerns. I think when you win the first game of the season and you do it in such an exciting manner, I think you kind of lose sight of some issues, right? But I think for, you know, the offense particularly the passing game, I, I think that there are some legit things that we have to go over. And I think for starters, the first thing I want to talk about for this, the Saints have no short to intermediate passing game. Like, it's just not there at all. And that's been something that's going on for the last two years now because I'm taking last year, and I know last year was tough, right? Jameis got hurt. Then you have um, Tre- Trevor Simeon come in, Taysom Hill, doesn't matter. None of that. That stinks. Like, that part just stunk, and we, we chalked it up to injuries. Now you get Michael Thomas back from injury. You add Jarvis Landry. You bring in Chris Olave. Passing game intermediate-wise, still not there. And that is a huge problem. Can't really move the ball that manner. No Alvin Kamara, so that obviously stunk. And, and you saw that absence there. But I think the Bucs play such good run defense that I, I don't know if, you know, Alvin Kamara being there or not is why they lost. I think there's other reasons why the Saints lost this. Other reasons. So that's a problem. And I think the other thing, which I want to talk about a little bit more in depth in just a couple minutes, is I think that the loss of Sean Payton comes up more now than ever because I honestly think if Sean Payton's coaching in that game, I do think the Saints win. And I'm not saying that Dennis Allen's a bad coach. Like, it's, it's two weeks in. I can't make that type of assumption this early. Like, that, that would be ridiculous in my opinion. But I do think that there are moments where I'm watching Dennis Allen, I'm watching Pete Carmichael, and I'm like, this roster is so much better than last year's roster. Why are you got, not getting anything to work in certain aspects? I think they're a little bit more undisciplined this year. We saw a lot of sloppy penalties today. And I think that offensively speaking, Pete Carmichael has moments where the offense looks fun, and then it just goes to complete shit for about three quarters. First drive today was magnificent. Really good ratio, run to pass. I thought they did a good job of setting the tone. And then all of a sudden, guess what, guys? We're sitting there, and they didn't move the ball until the fourth quarter. And, and then they move the ball in the fourth quarter, Mark Ingram fumbles, which I'm also going to talk about. So a lot of complaints here. And I'm not, I'm not going to chalk it up to one person because I don't think one person deserves this blame for, for this loss. And the only reason this is a frustrating loss is the Saints were the better football team for the first three quarters. Defense was setting the tone, and that was a big thing. And then the fourth quarter comes around, and, and they just got absolutely destroyed. So let's go down the ladder. The first thing I want to talk about is what's going on with Mark Ingram because that's back-to-back weeks that he's fumbled. And that might seem like a minor thing in the grand scheme of things, but 
you can't cough it up back-to-back weeks. You cough it up the first week against the Falcons on an absolute stupid play that I, I almost just were like, all right, I, you, get, you get over it, right? The Saints are getting blown out. Mark Ingram was trying to make something out of nothing. So you don't really think about it a lot. So it happens, and it is what it is. The fumble this, you know, today, I see you guys talking about it. It was really, really, really crucial. Really crucial. Like, absolutely, in my opinion, just took all the momentum out of their hands. Now, I don't think that's the sole reason they lost. Like, I think that that's fine in the balance. I don't think Mark Ingram's fumbles why the Saints lost the football game. But that's where this tone started to shift. Then there was the brawl. And the brawl, for me, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand how Tom Brady, of course, starts it, as he usually does. Leonard, uh, Leonard Fournette gets in the mix. Marshall Lattimore's just holding his ground. Gets cheap shot by Mike Evans yet again. And Marshall Lattimore gets ejected with Mike Evans. That makes no sense to me. And for people who don't realize why this was such a big deal, Mike Evans wasn't doing anything in that game anyway. You can take him out. Mike Evans, d- deep down inside, has to understand if me and Lattimore both leave the field, Lattimore leaving hurts the Saints way more than it hurts him leaving the Bucks. And that's not a disrespect to, to Mike Evans. Mike Evans is a good football player. But Mike Evans is not going to get anything done against Marshawn Lattimore. I've seen it a million times. I don't need to see it one more time. I know he's not going to do anything against Lattimore. So for him to get ejected when he got sucker punched again, that doesn't sit right with me. I think that's, I think that's bullshit. So that was a big turning point in this game. And I think while I'm on the subject too, you know, I talk about Mike Evans being such a good player. I'm really sick and tired of the cheap shots though. If you're going to get in Marshawn Lattimore's face, and you're going to have this really intense rivalry with Marshawn Lattimore that we were all supposed to sit here and love and respect this rivalry and say how they're good competitors. At least shove him in front of his face, right? Why is it always got to be behind him? Like, I, I just think that's so freaking lame, man. But it, it keeps happening. That was obviously a turning point in this too because I thought Lattimore getting ejected, things started to turn. Really odd penalty on Bradley Roby. Apparently tackling's illegal. Um, that play really frustrated me because Cameron Brait lowered his helmet embracing contact. So Cameron Brayton knew he was going to take a hit. He lowered the helmet. He got ready. And then guess what? Flag for nothing, for, for a routine play that you see 10 times in each half of a football game. So that was frustrating. And then it's 10-3, and I thought Jameis just pressed big time, like absolutely pressed. And I know that like a lot of people are going to tell me, well, Chris, he was hurt, and he was hurt. And, and by the way, this is not a knock on them. Football players are so tough man for if I have my back you're not seeing me for about a couple months I'm gonna sit and lay on a couch for I don't know now till December and then in December I'll make an excuse to why my back still hurts like I get these guys are, are really tough but early in the game Jameis looked off wasn't hitting throws to Olave that he had looked a little shaky was really hesitant whether or not he should run for a first down or he should pull the ball back and that's obviously not what you want so I, that that for me is frustrating when you see that as a coaching staff, you don't think maybe we should make a quarterback change? And this isn't me saying Jameis should get benched, by the way. So for people to say, oh, you're, you're asking for Jameis to get benched. It's week two. I'm not asking for Jameis to b- get benched. And considering the Saints quarterback room isn't very strong in the first place, Jameis is your best option when he's healthy. But when he's overthrowing passes and he looks super hesitant and you know he's got the four fractures in his back, that's not great. But they sat there and they took it because the defense was playing so well that I think they probably thought they could manufacture a 6-3 win. That, to me, is just just so freaking stupid, man. And all offseason, I've heard this Andy Dalton hype, and Andy Dalton's looked pretty good. 
The defense was balling out. If Jameis wasn't ready because his back hurt and he was missing throws left and right, I'm pretty sure Andy Dalton one or two drives could have got them in field goal range to get your 6-3 victory that the Saints were trying to get, which is also absurd to me. And yes, I, I see the comments. And by the way, uh, drop your comments on YouTube. In about two more minutes when I'm done ranting, I'm going to pull up the comments and we're just going to have a nice chat for the rest of this time. We're going to let it all air out. But I do see the comments. I do agree. A healthy Jameis is their best option out of the quarterbacks on the roster. That is not a question. But there was no point where Jameis Winston looked good today. And that's not me shading him. He just didn't look good today. It was probably, I thought, his worst performance he's had in the Saints uniform. And I think, unfortunately, whether it's the injury, whether it was the score, whether it was internally, he forced and pressed a lot. And we saw that all day, especially in the fourth quarter. Because if I look at how Jameis has played with the Saints for the last two years, which is not that many games, unfortunately. I think it's only nine, I think. And... I, we really haven't seen that from him, right? Pressing, bunch of throws. Like, he was taking what the defense gave him early, then the offense wasn't clicking, and then he pressed. So that, that was unfortunate, and that was a problem. Now, the coaching staff, the 12 men on the field penalty, I don't know what the hell that was. Like I said, watching Jameis struggle all game long and not thinking maybe Andy Dalton should come in, especially when you can make that move and no one's going to be like, oh, is there a quarterback controversy? No, your quarterback's got a broken fucking back. Like, you can make a switch. It's not that big of a deal. So... I thought that was boneheaded. I think that there's a lot of sloppy penalties that they make that that's an indictment on the coaching staff. Now, again, it's only week two. You can clean all these things out. But that's what I'm just kind of seeing right now. I'm just I'm seeing some things from this coaching staff that I don't like. Now, defensively, without Paulson Adebo, you were dominating the Bucs for three quarters. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, and you're seeing progression, man. Pete Werner looks like an absolute stud. I thought DeMario Davis played really well today, which we needed because week one, I didn't see it from him. And I said, hey, that's probably because he didn't get a lot of you know time in the preseason. Well, now we saw him today look like DeMario Davis of old. So I was really happy about that. I thought Alante Taylor looked excellent in the, the limited snaps he got. And honestly, I think Alante Taylor looked better in the limited snaps he got today than Bradley Roby's looked at any point through the first two games. Like, I think Alante Taylor's got to start getting more playing time. I think he looks really good. So this is a team that I finished week two. I feel 75 times better about the defense today than I felt last week, and last week was a win. I think this defense is going to go back to being a top-five unit, especially when Adebo comes back. But they got to get after the quarterback more. I mean, they can't sack the quarterback at all right now. That's a problem. Uh, but when I hear that and I see them playing well, that just makes me think they could be even better. They could be a dominant unit, right? They're not really generating a lot of sacks. But for most of the game, they had Brady and the Bucks held to three points. So, and, and again, without Adebo, who was the star of training camp, the star of training camp. So the defense will get better, but the offense has been bad for seven out of their last eight quarters. And I, I don't know if it is a coaching thing, a quarterback thing, a mix of both of them. Obviously, the O-line's not very good either. But it's a damn shame that a passing attack that has Michael Thomas, who looks like Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, who looked great last week, and Chris Olave, who was getting open every single snap today. How are you putting up three points before garbage time? Because I don't want to get into the garbage time numbers because I'm so sick of garbage time. I don't care if it was the breeze years or now. Like, it's garbage time. Sometimes it's not garbage time because you still have a fighting chance. But when the score is 20 to three, it's garbage time. Like, there's three minutes left. To that, that, that is garbage time. I don't want to go into those numbers, but I don't, I don't know if it's urgency or stupid play calling, 
And I said it last week. I thought the play calling was predictable. It looked predictable again this week. There, there was a moment where Mark Ingram was in the backfield and Michael Thomas was the only wide receiver flexed out wide. Everyone knows they're going to run the football. Also, I'm a big proponent of using Taysom Hill on QB power. But at some point, he's got to throw the thing because everyone knows he's running the football. Predictable. Those are the type of things. And again, Dennis Allen still has time to figure it out. But if Sean Payton was coaching today, Saints would have won that game. I strongly feel that way. And that's I'm, I'm not saying that this team is in doom and gloom because I think they're going to bounce back next week against an awful Panthers team. And if they don't, then we'll see about it. Because th- then I'll, I'll, I'll have some you know actual shit to air out about this team if they lose to the Panthers who look like an XFL team right now. But I, I think they will shake back. But this is just one of those losses where you should be 0-2 at this point because your offense is that bad. And thankfully, they're 1-1. Like, it feels almost like they're playing with house money because they're 1-1 when they should be 0-2. So I think it's like taking off the blinders and realizing what's what's going on and and trying to reassess. So, so we'll kind of see here. Now, I'm, I'm kind of done ranting. If something else comes up to me, I'm going to pull it up and I'll talk about it. But for now, I want to get into these comments that you guys dropped in on YouTube, which are presented by Ultra, uh, Neutral Vodka, excuse me, Real Vodka, Real Juice, Refreshingly Simple, the Straight Up Saints official seltzer sponsor, uh, Neutral Vodka. Let's get into the first one that I see here. Not trying to overreact or anything, but when is Andy Dalton starting? Look, if Jameis Winston's back does not heal like in a manner that is fast enough and, I guess, helpful enough for the Saints, I, I don't see the problem in playing Andy Dalton for a start or two. Isn't that why you got him? Like For, for people who think, if I make that comment, it's like anti-Jameis, it's not anti-Jameis at all. I'm anti-playing injured players who can't produce if that's the case, right? Like, Jameis has to start next week and play bad for me to say that is definitely what's going on. But if the Saints know behind the scenes that his back isn't feeling great and it didn't look great today, then all right, I think it's time to start considering for a start or two giving him some time off. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any shame in that. And Andy Dalton's the type of dude you can start and then take him right out when you need to. There's no quarterback controversy for Andy Dalton at this stage in his career. So I think that was a big problem. Can't turn the ball over that many times and expect to win. Fumble from Olave, which I didn't think was a fumble. Last time I was told the ground can't cause a fumble, but I guess it could cause a fumble if you play for the Saints. Like, that's what I've learned from that. But fumble from Olave, fumble from Ingram, which is just devastating. And then the three picks. You, you can't have more turnovers than interceptions going into uh, more turnovers than points going into garbage time. Like, that's a terrible formula. Alante Taylor over Roby moving forward, whether he's outside or in the slot. Start Dalton next week and do not pay Marcus Davenport. He's been a ghost for two weeks in a contract here. All right. I, I do agree with Alante Taylor point. I think Alante Taylor balled out today in limited minutes. And I was so impressed because Tom Brady was targeting him early, as he should. It's a rookie first game against Tom Brady. First real playing time at corner in an NFL regular season game. I I think that was the right decision there. So I I was very pleased with the way he played. I I really was. I I think that he stepped up to the plate and and he did a great job. So I agree with you on the Roby point. Dalton, again, I'm going to keep saying it throughout this week. How does Jameis' back feel? If his back feels like shit, you're going to get bad results. You're going to get bad results. Like that. That's just how it is. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that. I, I do think when healthy, obviously Jameis is the best option. I don't think that really is a discussion because I think there's the upside there that you don't get with Andy Dalton, which we saw that upside on display last week. But if you're battling through pain, it's tough. Ingram fumble killed their momentum. Yeah, it, it did. It did. And, and yet it killed their momentum. And I still felt like 
they had multiple chances to win this game after that. That's just me. I don't know if everyone feels that way, but that's at least how I feel. I think that this team had enough chances even after the fumble to make it game, and they didn't. Pete Carmichael is in over his head. Should have, should have given him an innovative young coordinator a chance as OC instead of Sean's play card holder for the past 15 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be patient with Pete Carmichael right now because he's been here far too long. The Saints have more than enough weapons, and there just shouldn't be this, this horrible, stale offense right now. There just shouldn't. So I'm not going to give him that much time. I, w- I was going to give Chris Richard and Ryan, Ryan Nielsen like a month to figure it out as co-defensive coordinators, like who's doing what and, and, and figuring out that. But they've already figured it out without Paulson Adebo. Granted, D-line's got to play better from a pass rushing perspective, but I think that will come over time. They started off slow last year too, so I think that'll pick up. But offense, man, Pete Carmichael's been there forever. He has been there forever. You can't keep doing this. You just can't. Got to wonder if Winston sits next week. Uh, it's possible. I, look, and this, this kind of piggybacks off that. You, you cannot just roll out a, a quarterback with a broken back if he's not looking good either. Like, that's part of the equation, right? Jameis Winston last week was injured, but I don't know if it was adrenaline. I don't know if he just felt still loose. He looked great in that fourth quarter of the Falcons game. And I gave him all the credit that he deserved because he did deserve it because he, he put the team on his back in that late stage. But man, at this point, I think that Rest isn't a bad idea if, if it doesn't get better over the next week. This offense has been holding this team back for the past few years. I don't care what, but something has to change. Our defense is too good for this. That That's that's the take, right? Like, we went from a Drew Brees Saints offense that was carrying the defense, and we're like, God damn, this defense keeps letting down the offense. And then I would say the tw- the end of the 2019 season, everything flipped, and they became a defense-first team. And it didn't matter if it was Drew Brees, didn't matter if it was Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or Trevor Simeon or whoever the freaking hell else was in a quarterback. We were like, all right, like you're, you're holding back the defense now because this defense is ready to rock. I, I, I firmly believe that. I still think this is a championship level defense. And like I said, they're doing it without a Debo and they're doing it without a pass rush. So when you get that shit going, I think that will make it even better. But my concerns about this Saints team, and, and I just want to make... Very clear. I still think the Saints are a 10-7 and team right now. Uh, my prediction for them hasn't really changed. They have to get better offensively because this is ridiculous. You can't go into games and just demand your, your defense to just carry you in today's NFL. It doesn't work that way. It m- might work next week against a Baker Mayfield Panthers team. It might work in a couple weeks from now when you play this, the Seahawks with Geno Smith. But when Joe Burrow comes rolling to town on the 16th, when Lamar Jackson comes rolling to town, when Derek Carr and the Raiders come rolling to town, like, let's not beat around the bush. That You're not going to be able to just shut teams out and just rely on your defense. I think that's so unfair. And let's be real. The, the Saints have been doing this now against Brady for a while. This seems to be the trend where it's like, well, we know we can shut him down. And they do, they do a great job of doing that, only holding the offense at 13 points today. But you can't, against the best quarterback in, in, in NFL history, continue to rely on that scheme. Offense is predictable, looks archaic and dated, and has one good quarter in two games against a bad team. It does. I, Gabriel, I don't know what else I could say to that comment other than that it's it's factual. It's predictable. It doesn't get going until the game's almost out of reach. Uh, it's very frustrating, extremely frustrating. And I, I, I hope that they could turn it around next week, but 
I haven't seen anything yet to say otherwise, but I, I do feel like, I don't know if this is Pete Carmichael or Jameis Winston, which one just can't figure this part out. They got to get something going in a short passing game. Because it's run, run, deep shot. Run, run, shot over the middle to Jawan Johnson. Run, run, shot to Chris Olave. Like, I'm so tired of it. It's like so formulaic that you got to mix it up. Got to. I mean, Simeon had a freaking deep pass to Kevin White last year that kind of came out and over. And again, this is a knock on Jameis. I'm saying Sean Payton with shit was doing a better job than what P. Carl Michael's doing right now with much better, much better talent. Everyone knows when Taysom comes in, he's running the ball. It's so predictable. You got that right, man. You got that right. We're, they are running an offense that everyone and their mothers knows what the next play is going to be. And then when it doesn't work, we got to sit here and act shocked, which I keep doing. I don't know why, but really impressed with Pete Werner today. was all over the field, clearly taking a big jump in year two. I'm glad you mentioned that. Pete Werner was the standout from today in, in the sense that, like, I, I was always with you guys on this in this regard. If the Saints could keep Pete Warner as a starter and also keep Quan in a backup role to give you that depth that you like to lean on if you need it, that was always the ideal scenario. But once we knew that wasn't going to happen, right, Quan was going to get a better role with the Jets and, and it just didn't work out. A lot of people were like making these narratives like Pete Warner was handed the job and he wasn't ready for it. And I was like, dude, I, everyone has told me he looks fantastic in the, in the summer. Like now we're seeing it. I mean, Demario Davis has been singing his praises all year long. I think Demario knows better than us about who's going to deliver at the linebacker spot. And honestly, Pete's been the better linebacker to get two games. Now that'll change. Demario's so damn good. Or maybe it won't. Maybe they'll just have two great linebackers. But this is the best duo they've had at that spot in a long time. And I, I will give credit. Like, even though the Saints lost, I'm not going to let that overshadow some things. Like, that. that is something I wanted to talk about, that Pete Warner looks fantastic. And by the way, saving him and Paulson Debo, saving a 2021 draft class that had a first-round pick in Peyton Turner who was a healthy and active today. Healthy and active. And this defensive line didn't get much pressure on Brady, and he was healthy and active. So if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what will. Though they would have had Taysom throw a couple of times to throw the defense off. Yeah, I, look, I, again, like I said, if you're going to keep running it with Taysom, they're going to load the box, and they're going to make you do something else. Like, you got to mix it up a little bit, just once in a while. Just once in a while. Where were the sacks? Brady needs to live on his back. Well, first off, good rhyme. Second, uh... Not non-existent again. Third string left tackle. Third string left tackle. That's not where the Saints sack came from. It came from Shy Tuttle. Third string left tackle. The Saints couldn't get a sack on that blind side of Tom Brady. That's pathetic. And on the touchdown pass that he had to Brashawn Perriman, I was sitting there looking. I'm like, this guy's got 10 seconds to throw. It's 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 inexcusable. And that is the the lone negative of this defense right now. Is that through two weeks they can't get after the quarterback. And I don't want to start that maybe Cam Jordan's washed up yet because we did this last year and then he turned it on. But Marcus Davenport, you got to show up, man. Contract year, you got to do your thing. And he got some push today. He just, he was, a, he was one second off. But one second off in the NFL will kill you. So he's got to get better there. What is going on with Lattimore? He's been out of control the last two games. I, look, I actually disagree. I think Lattimore's penalty last week was costly. Literally could have cost him the game if that, if that field goal doesn't get blocked. So I agree with that. Although the guy also put on an Oscar-worthy flopping performance. So got to give credit there. But I'm not, I'm not going to get after Lattimore today at all. He got ejected when he did nothing. He did nothing wrong in that situation. Call it Saints bias, call it whatever it is. I don't see any reason why he should have been ejected there. I, I, I just don't. Leonard Fournette was at the forefront and he didn't get ejected. But Marshawn Lattimore gets cheap shot and, and he's out of the game. That doesn't seem right to me. So for me, 
I just personally don't feel good about saying Lattimore's been out of control the last two games. Want to say the first game, sure. Second game, I don't think so. Would it be okay moving on from PJ and putting a lot in his spot? Defensive lines have to get better, have to get after Brady. Yeah, I don't know. Look, PJ Williams, that's never his bread and butter. His bread and butter is not going to be on a, you know, a, a throw to the, the right end of a right corner of the end zone where he's in an odd position. He's never excelled in that. He's always excelled when everything's in front of him. That's where you get the best version of PJ Williams. So PJ was in a bad spot. Wasn't surprised he got beat there. But when PJ keeps everything in front of him, man, that's when he does his thing. Has Peyton Turner even played at all this year? What a pick that turned out to be. Sean Payton's little parting gift, right? Peyton Turner, who we all were like, why was he drafted the first round? Y- you hate to be validated on, on shit like this, but it's starting to turn that way. He's still got time. Maybe he's hel- he's uh, uh, you know active next week. But I tweeted this before the game, and I'll continue to tweet it. Saints got to play their best players, regardless of draft status, regardless of what how much money you're making. Pay, you got to play your uh, best players. You got to. And if Peyton Turner's not producing, who cares that he's a first-round pick? It means shit at that point if he's not producing. Play Andy early. Let James Hill have him ready for the end of the season. Look, here's the thing. This type of back injury, it's not even going to be one of those issues where, like, if you rest him, you got to rest him till November. Like, you could rest him a week or two, and he might be good to go. Like, it's one of those things that doesn't take forever to heal. So I, that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I want to see him in, right? I want to see Jameis in because I think he gives him the best chance to win when he's healthy. But if he's not healthy, we can't go through this endless cycle. And also, if Andy Dalton comes in and Andy Dalton struggles, then all of a sudden, guys, we have a pretty good culprit as to what's the problem offensively. Because if the quarterback who's good at, at deep passes and, and has good arm talent can't get it going, and then the quarterback who's more of an intermediate savvy veteran can't get it going, then all of a sudden, you got to look at the play caller and be like, can the play caller get it going? And that's where we lead to our next thing. So I think that for me, it's not the worst thing in the world. I find it odd how little we're seeing Hardy in any of these deep ball packages. It's odd, but Olave was open for, what, 75% of the deep targets? He was open. Some overthrows, some mistiming. Then the one that they hit, he ends up fumbling. I, I, I get what you mean. It's weird that Hardy hasn't been used, but... You know, I I think Olave's got this, man. I, I think he's got it in terms of the deep things. So I think that, you know, I, I would keep going to it. I think Olave's going to get his eventually. He's due for for a huge game. I mean, if, if he gets hit in stride on the plays that he was open today, he would have finished his game with 100-plus. So I think you got to keep going to the well. Offensive play calling has been awful. Dennis Allen and Pete seem so out of sync. It's crazy. It's early, but Pete looks extremely outdated. Look, I, I want to see this healthy offense, put Alvin Kamara in there, not week one, and do you struggle? And if you struggle, I've had enough because you can't. You just can't, dude. Michael Thomas is open every fucking play. I'm not kidding. I'm going to go back and watch this game, and I'll recircle it. Michael Thomas, when they do zone coverages, the dude is wide open every single time. Every single time. Chris Olave, open often today. Jarvis Landry, we know he gets open. Are you not calling the right plays? Is your quarterback making mistakes? Is your O-line just not blocking well? Is it a combination of all three? If it is, that's not great. Like, just stupid. Just stupid right now what this offense is doing. Criminal for them to eject Marshawn and not Fournette. You got that right. I, look, I, I I, don't understand how that, that went out. I, I just chalk it up to, you know, refs and Saints and not a great duo. That's what I'll chalk it up to. Those interceptions, in my opinion, were out of frustration of two consecutive weeks play called being to get the ball moving down the field. Look, here's the thing, though. 
they were bad interceptions, like all three of them. So one was a force down the field. The other one was a pick six that was just a bad throw. The third one, the other one was an overthrow. Like, I don't know if they're out of frustration. I do agree that, you know, when you get late in games and you're pressing, a lot of stuff does come out of frustration in the sense that, all right, things aren't going well. I feel like I got to make a big play. So you overcompensate. But I still feel like that's not a good enough excuse, though. And, and the reason I say that is, is I want to be fair, right? When Jameis balls out in the fourth quarter of the Falcons, I will be the first one here to say that he balled out. So when he does have three turnovers and all of them are in the fourth quarter, I, I got to say, like, man, he's got to be better. He's got to be better. So that, that's just how I feel about that. I wonder if Sue becomes even more of a must for this front offense after seeing the lack of QB pressure. I thought Nadamik and Sue should have been a must after last week. And I think that, honestly, after this week, maybe it is. And for a different reason, for your point. I thought maybe run defense last week. Now this week you're thinking about pass rush. So I think that is, uh, that's going to be interesting to see if they go do that. I, I would hope they do because I think they can use another one another you know defensive lineman to get in there because right now whatever they're trying to do isn't working from a pass rushing standpoint but we'll see well we'll absolutely see but this is one of those games that I, through the first three quarters I thought the Saints should have won and when the game ends I still think they should have won because they played great defense for the most part but it just comes down to when your offense isn't doing shit what are you gonna do man what are you gonna do and, and I I think that at this point Next week will tell me a lot. If the Saints struggle against the Panthers next week, we're going to have a very serious conversation about this coaching staff on the offensive side of the football because I think the defense will do their thing. I think you'll see a lot of batted passes against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. I think you'll see them force a couple of turnovers against the Panthers. You better bring it offensively. You better bring it offensively because you start off first three weeks, three division games, your offense can't get shit going before you get into the heart of your schedule, when you're going to verse a good offense after a good offense, after that Panthers game, the Saints play the Vikings. Seahawks, not a great offense, but Vikings, Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, Ravens, play the Rams, 49ers, Bucks again. You're going to play a lot of good teams, man. You cannot rely on your defense to hold teams to 15, 14 points and expect that to happen. And I'll tell you the worst part about today's game, the worst part, honestly. The Saints offense was so bad that they validated Nick Wright's take about the Saints aren't going to score 14 points. And I promise you that man knows nothing about football, but he just got validated because this offense played like shit again and they wet the bed. So that is the most frustrating part for me, but I have nothing else to say at this point. I, I still think this is a team with a lot of talent, a lot of talent, but the coaching staff has to be better. These players got to execute on offense. Pass rush needs to be a little bit better, but the coaching is what scares me. And I'll say, well, this is the last thing I'll actually say before I wrap things up. So if you guys have comments, drop them in and I'll get to them. Uh, whatever it's predictions, comments, thoughts, future predictions, whatever it might be, you drop them in, I'll get to them. At the end of the first half, Will Lutz could have attempted a 57-yard field goal. The Saints elected a punt. Someone hit me back and was like, well, you know, they did that because they, they, they wanted to punt it and make sure that if they missed a field goal, Brady has a play or two, they could get in field goal range. Are we here to coach scared? Are we here to coach scared? Because if, if that's the case, then fine. But Will Lutz can hit a 57-yarder. I'm not saying he's going to hit that particular 57-yarder. I don't know. Like, the play's got to unfold for us to see. But I just, I, I don't get it. You played scared. That was three points that you could have had. You didn't have it instead. 
clearly three points would have been a luxury in, in today's game with the way it played. So I, I just thought that was weird. And that for me goes back to my point that I think the coaching staff has to be better. I know the roster's good enough. Today's doesn't change my opinion of the roster. I don't know if anything this season will change my opinion of the roster. I think there's a really, really good roster. But, man, this coaching stinks right now. It stinks. A couple of comments before I wrap it up because I want to, you know, chill and relax, enjoy the, the afternoon sessions of NFL football. But, yeah, let's see what we got here. Is anyone on the staff that could call plays if Pete were to get the ax? Or are we truly fucked? <laughs> Well, look, I mean, you got options, right? You, you look at your coaching staff and, and you, you, I think the, the obvious pick for me, if they were to get rid of Pete Carmichael, now I, I'm not saying that would happen, but Ronald Curry would be the go-to, right? If, if they were to say, hey, Pete, th- this shit's not working. Ronald Curry, who's their passing game coordinator and, and quarterback coach, younger option, he seems to be rising in the coaching ranks a little bit more. I think he would be the guy. I don't want to go that far yet. But I, I do think if they stink against the Panthers, we've got to have a discussion. The worst part is they're going to make it look like Tom Brady's greatness is what the what made the Bucs win when it was the opposite. Look, I can give, and this is no disrespect to you, by the way, because you're not wrong, but I can give two shits what the media is going to say about Tom Brady and what gutsy performance he had. Tom Brady was awful today for most of the game, and that's fine because the Saints defense has his number, so I respect that. Tom Brady's still the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. I, I That doesn't change anything. But no, I didn't walk away from this game and be like, oh man, Brady and the Bucks look dangerous. No, I, I'm like, Saints should have won this game if they had any semblance of an offense, which they didn't. If we lose to the Panthers, I'm keeping Eric Bieniemy on speed dial. Yeah, look, that that I think Bieniemy would have been nice. Yeah, but I, I don't know, right? Like, because what, the thing with Bieniemy was if you're going to get Bieniemy, then Dennis Allen was fired, and clearly they wanted to go to Dennis Allen as a head coach. So a lot of. Uh, a lot of moving parts there. I don't I don't blame you for saying you want to keep him on speed dial. But I, I will say, we are seeing in today's NFL why it pays to have an offensive coach. I don't know if you guys got to catch the Ravens-Dolphins game, but Mike McDaniel, for all the jokes that are made about him, that offense looks pretty damn good. I've never seen Tua Tungo-Vailoa look that good in my life. Never seen him look that good. And yet he did. So um, I, I think that you see what happens with an offensive coach. Dennis Allen needs more criticism. That field goal decision shows he's coaching not to lose after 15 years of aggressive-ass Sean. It's impossible not to notice. Yeah, and I'll end it on that. I'll end it on that in this regard. Week three, they play the Panthers. The Panthers are 0-2, but the Panthers are an 0-2 that look bad. Like, they're not an 0-2 that they look good. Like, they don't look like a good football team at all. I I thought against a Giants team that could not do anything on offense today, they still lost. You got to win that game and get to 2-1, and one and we'll figure out the rest later after that. But the Saints got to bounce back, and we'll see if they do. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, leaving your comments, thoughts, and all that. Uh, I truly appreciate it. Not the result we wanted. Definitely not uh, what we wanted to see from the offense after last week. A lot of thoughts. I'll have more coming up later today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of the week. We're going to be talking about this offense, how they fix it, if they can fix it. What's the latest with Jameis? I'll have some updates for you guys here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.